welcome to Health, Happiness and Homeopathy. Hello, my name is Madeleine Innocent. I want to help you reach your greatest potential through holistic means, which are both logical and empowering. The subject of this podcast is, should we be worried about new diseases? When you listen to the mainstream media, who are on a fear-inducing campaign, then you might be forgiven for believing that the world is a very dangerous place and that you need to be very vigilant in avoiding any potential health hazard. So you might be obsessing about hygiene, about getting all the latest vaccines, as well as the drugs to deal with every minor detail in your health that worries you. When you live in a state of fear, you're very easily manipulated. You may agree to do whatever anybody tells you without giving it a second thought. You may be in total denial of what's really happening in the world, feeling that your GP and your government and the system has your back. The reality, sadly, is a little different. So let's look at the importance of acute diseases. All life as we know it has been that's been on our very generous and supportive planet we call home for a long time. That means we've all adapted to the conditions. Our bodies have great wisdom. They know what to do when there's something that does not support it. The trouble is humanity has distanced itself from nature, erroneously believing we are better. None of the animals have. They still live in step with nature as much as they're able given the human interference. What much of humanity fails to understand is that life is not a smooth path. Growth happens. We want growth to happen. And usually growth is attended or preceded by pain or trauma. It's often the pain or trauma that is instrumental in creating growth or necessary change. People generally don't seek out a homeopath until they're, or unless they're in pain, either physically or emotionally, and then the treatment can trigger growth. Let's focus on the growth of children, as we've all experienced this, either as a child ourselves or with our own, or both. Children receive passive, passive immunity from their mother's milk. After weaning, their body needs to learn how to respond to pathogens. They're now more a bit more mature and more able to handle this than they were as a very small baby. Fevers are really common in children. They're a way the body reacts to a potential invasion of whatever. <clears throat> a high worrying fever can do just that. A high fever can only ever happen in a child who's generally healthy. A high fever is generally short-lived, showing how successful it was. And it's also a way the immune system gets in some practice that is invaluable later in adult life. A generally unhealthy child could never manage a high fever, so their body resorts to a low fever that lasts much longer, and it's usually not really successful at preventing the invasion of whatever. The interesting thing that happens after a fever that's not suppressed, that is allowed free expression, is that the child has an emotional growth spurt. They mature, and they also may have a physical growth spurt. By preventing these fevers, you're denying the child the ability for the body to mature, for the immune system to learn, and that means more health problems in adulthood. 
Of course, it's a good idea to monitor fevers. However, it's rare for problems to occur. And the judicious use of the appropriate homeopathic remedy does not suppress the body. It does the exact opposite. It gives the body a helping hand. It doesn't really matter what medical label the disease has. Any which are accompanied by a fever, and most are, and it's the fever that counts. So acute diseases are an important part of growth. Really, they're an essential part of growth. And what they do and achieve is really quite complicated. Certainly in some, acute diseases can be severe, but in these it's more a question of how unhealthy they are. For example, they may be malnourished. Malnourishment doesn't just come from a lack of food. It also comes from eating non-nutritious food, which does seem to be a mainstay of Western diet, sadly. With all that information, and people are still eating rubbish. Amazing. <clears throat> Acute diseases can also come from emotional trauma. I recall reading about all the health problems a tribe in Africa was experiencing when their land was taken from them by a corporation, sadly with the backing of their government. These small rural farmers had been there for many generations without suffering the problems they now had. And as they had been moved to less fertile areas, certainly their nutrition suffered too. But it was the unfairness, the hopelessness and the injustice that they really suffered with. And without being able to deal with this, they're likely to become chronic conditions. Stuck emotional trauma leads to physical expression that does remain with us until the emotion is dealt with energetically. In days gone past, there were chicken pox or measles or whatever parties. Parents took their children so they could get the mild acute diseases. Acute diseases are contagious for a reason. And as an example with adults learning from pain, I discovered homeopathy when I was looking for a natural approach to my cat's eczema. It's always something that triggers, that triggers growth. So let's look at what usually happens. <clears throat> When we try to go against nature and solve one problem, we usually end up with another. And usually it's bigger and more serious and more difficult to manage. Let's have a look at a few examples. When skin eruptions are suppressed, lung conditions appear. So skin conditions aren't going to kill you, but lung conditions might. When Sardinia eradicated malaria, it became the epicentre of multiple sclerosis. Mm, interesting, that one. The use of the distemper vaccine in dogs mostly made the virus mutate into something much stronger, more serious and more life-threatening, into parvo. The feline leukaemia vaccine resulted in FIP, feline infectious peritonitis, a much more serious, even deadlier condition. Oh, deadly, I'm not sure that's such a word, but more deadly. <laughs> The chickenpox vaccine has created an epidemic of shingles, a much more painful experience than the mild chickenpox children have. And let's face it, most children are delighted to have a few days off school if they've got chickenpox. In our over-medicated society, diseases are termed the enemy and vaccines are developed to prevent them happening and drugs to suppress them. People often mistakenly feel they're healthy when they didn't have these acute childhood diseases. In reality, the opposite is true. 
So let's look at the reality of new diseases. <clears throat> what are they really? I'm absolutely certain some are man-made and some are made up. It's in their imagination. And some come from mutated viruses, as we've, as we've just, look, uh, just seen. We know the globalists are on a mission to reduce the population any way they can, and I'm certain that they have tried many times to do that by releasing some deadly pathogen into the world. Uh, and I'm sure there was some suffering and some deaths because of it, but not much. Because people's immune systems do tend to work by and large. To be really effective, you have to frighten everybody into believing there's a new disease. That works much better, as we've seen. Emotional fear-mongering is far more effective than real pathogens. The drip-drip effect and the scenes paraded on the media convince many otherwise intelligent, rational and thoughtful people. Interesting, there's a growing, um, growing body of scientific research that clearly demonstrates those who have the common childhood diseases are much less likely to develop chronic diseases in later life. Diseases such as autoimmune problems and cancers. And interestingly, the more you have, the greater the protection. <clears throat> of course, those in the front line ignore this research. So, are new diseases really created to meet an agenda? Mainstream are trying to convince people that if they get enough vaccines, all their health problems will be resolved. Everybody will be healthy. And sadly, some are buying into this absurd idea. There are many cases, causes sorry, of health issues. Many are created in childhood. Most parents do the best they can and usually do better than, the, than their own parents. But parents also have their own lives and they can't be there 24-7. In these, sometimes even minor causes that can sit with children all their lives, getting magnified each time something similar happens. The child needs help and support to deal with these complex emotional traumas that they're not mature enough to deal with on their own. Imagine for a moment a small child losing a parent. Small children are very vulnerable and need their parents, especially their mother. If, it wasn't, if the grief wasn't dealt with sensitively for the child, allowing them full expression, it will remain. And it will be really difficult for them to deal with any subsequent griefs because the old wounds are opened up. Of course, each time this happens, there's an opportunity to deal with it sensitively and completely. Vaccines do have an effect on the subject being somewhat less likely to develop that particular disease, but it comes at a price. You're swapping a normally mild acute disease for much more serious chronic diseases. Let's look at how homeopathy manages new diseases. In homeopathic treatment, we don't focus on the disease itself, the label, so it doesn't really matter if it's new or old. What matters is how it affects you as the individual you are. What are your physical symptoms? How does it affect you emotionally? What do you do naturally to relieve the discomfort? And we know there are many overlapping symptoms between different disease labels, so misdiagnosis is really common. For example, fatigue is a really common symptom in almost every disease, and it isn't surprising when 
when you consider that your body is trying to help itself, it's robbing the spare energy to help the healing process. And I'm sure you've done your own research and seen very common symptoms occur again and again in many medical labels. The great thing is you can't misdiagnose a symptom. Since symptoms are the way to help a homeopath fight the, find the right remedy for you and for the medics to create a label, there can never be such a thing as asymptomatic infections. If you have no symptoms, emotional, mental or physical, you have no health issue. Not only is this collection of personal distress more helpful, it's more real. But just to drive that point home, apparently we all have the potential to get cancer. For it to emerge, however, it needs the right conditions. When you don't provide those conditions, you won't get it. It's really simple. So let's look at the subject of vaccines, the subject we're not allowed to talk about. Homeopaths have known the problems they cause from the get-go, the very first one, the smallpox. uh, Modern manufacturers now claim how safe and effective these are. Of course they would. They're the ones who benefit from their sale. But they don't hold up when examined closely. One thorny old chestnut is polio. Claims are made that this has been eradicated, of course, by vaccines. But has it? Or, Or has it just been renamed? Acute flaccid paralysis? Symptoms are remarkably similar. This is how misleading labels can be. And polio is definitely active in India in those who have received the polio vaccine. An interesting recent excuse me, revelation has come from an unexpected quarter to confirm what homeopaths have always known. Police forces have departments and specialists in child abuse. These inspectors seem to be in agreement, privately of course, that 50% of SIDS occur within 48 hours of a recent vaccine, 70% within 7 to 10 days, with perhaps an overall 85% within a month. Although this is noted by the inspectors in the notes, it's never put into the final official report. Some years ago, Japan stopped vaccinating very young children. They waited until the child was two years old and started their program then. They have virtually no SIDS. So in conclusion, the immune system is the key to resisting any and every disease or health condition. Looking after that should be the primary focus in everybody's mind who care about their health. Starting with looking after the microbiomes, And that comes from the diet and not suppressing symptoms with drugs. Whatever you've done in your life to date, you can start a journey to much better health by these two simple actions. Most of the time, it's not too late, unless, of course, you're in the death throes. Add to that a more natural approach to healthcare. In my opinion, there's no better way than homeopathy, but you have to use it right. On a lighter note, (laughs) some people love nothing better than to talk about their health issue to anyone and everybody. They can't dine out so much on a symptom. It just doesn't have the same effect. 
And it's far healthier not to talk about your health condition all the time because totally focused on it, totally focusing on it tends to prevent progress. You have too much invested in the story. Here's a quote from somewhere I can't remember that I really like that goes a long way in explaining the current turmoil and chaos. Mother Earth is rising to a more benevolent vibration. We're going along with her as we're part of her and we have no choice. So let's enjoy the ride. And it's easy if we look at it from a fly on the wall perspective. Or in other words, don't engage with the drama. Till the next time, good health. <laughs>